I'm not going to say that. Do you know what I'm going to say to Lou? Oh, goodness me. I'm going to say... Hello. Like in the old days. Wow. Do you remember how it used to go? Can you remember? It was, hello. 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 I'm both a traditionalist and an iconoclast. (laughs) That's what I've always loved most about you, is those two things. A a traditionoclast. Iconolist. Anyway, I, I only I only break new icons, you see, and then restore the old ones. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of a Luddite, then, in some sense. Sort of, but somehow obsessed with uh, medieval church uh, painting. You're a ploughshare Luddite. I am. What's the topic S- what's on episode two hundred and fifteen of the Rum Doings podcast? Podcast at rumdoings.com at rumdoings. Thank you. Uh, the topic today is, if we live with a healthcare lottery, then why isn't it self-funding? <laughs> okay, that's, that's pretty, pretty. It's pretty, isn't it? Mm. Well, I've convened the special meeting of the Rum Doings panel. Okay. Oh, uh, before you do, I, oh, I, I, I need to... I, I, I we need do to any go... other business at the end. No, no, there isn't any other business. We have to go through the last... <laughs> the, we have to go through minutes the... Minutes of the last meeting. The minutes of the last meeting. Okay. Okay, um, we had a... Actually, no, I think... I'm going to bring the AOB... I'm going to front-load the AOB because we have so much to discuss. The AOB (laughs) is that I have a report from um, Mr. Neil Levine that he's once again listening to the Rum Doings podcast. Oh, why? But he has to lodge a formal complaint to the board. What word did we say that he doesn't approve of? No, he says... Which he doesn't approve, sorry, Neil. he, 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 He says that... John Walker talks far too much about video games. <laughs> so I'd like you to take that on board. Which, and... which podcast is he listening to? I, you exclusively bring up the flippin' subject. So I'd like you to think on that and perhaps <laughs> amend your ways. Okay, I'll do my best. Okay. Poor Other- crazy deluded old Neil. Otherwise we'll lose, we'll, we'll, we've doubled the listenership. <laughs> you know, we now have two listeners. Oh, that's far too many. Unless the last listener dropped out. I assume dropped dead. I think yeah. that's the rule, isn't it? One in, one out of life. That's the. I'm very glad that my Jeremiah's against the potential abuses of uh, oh, privacy legislation uh, proved me yet again correct with Mr. E- with Dr. Evil having funded Hulk Hogan as a test case to destroy anybody who says anything that billionaires disagree with. Yep. And it worked. It did work. I'm, I am, once again, I don't know if I'm Cassandra or Jeremiah. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm Cassandra Meyer. Oh, that was weak. No, I quite like Cassandra Meyer. It sounds like some um, mid-level Jewish lady executive. (laughs) To which you've always aspired. I I, I am, in fact, a trans mid-level Jewish lady executive. Any congratulations. It's how I identify. Good. Now let me. I, I, I. Not only do I demand the right to use any bathroom I choose, I demand the right to use something that isn't actually a bathroom to do my business. <laughs> that is the new frontier, and I shall pursue it. Anyway, go on about your pamphlet. <coughs> That's a little preparatory cough there for you. Bless you. Well, amen. So, where did this come from? Ah, yes. Uh, I subscribe because I'm. Sometimes I think you forget that I am the coolest man alive. I do sometimes forget, and then, and then I get a chill wind blowing from Bath, and then I remember. That's right. I am the coolest man alive. And proof of that is that mm-hmm. I subscribe to Beyond Sudoku magazine. 
beyond Sudoku. Yes, it doesn't contain any Sudoku because it's beyond them. It's a very interesting concept because beyond Sudoku could literally mean nothing or anything. It's uh, it's a bipuzzler media uh-huh. and it's a collection of ge- really genuinely brilliant puzzles and pages every page is a different set of puzzles and they're really my sort of thing and i love it and it only comes out once every month and two-thirds or something bizarre (laughs) um and inside there's always inside the package through the post there's always a pile of bump racist and indeed and in with there i was just throwing it all away and there's something just caught my eye the word copper caught my eye why Mm -hmm. is there a pamphlet about copper i thought to myself Hmm. well nick i want to tell you About the original copper healer. Okay, there is one thing that copper can do. It can be, I think, um, antimicrobial on the surface of the skin. So if you rub a copper ball, it might kill some bugs. Anything else is a little bit problematic. So I look forward to hearing the claims. H-E-E-L-E-R. Oh, it's to do with your foot. All right. Right, okay. Put a stop to painful aching joints, ellipsis. Mm-hmm. Thousands of delighted customers are now pain-free and living normal lives thanks to original Copper Healer insoles registered trademark. Mm-hmm. Made of pure copper, these orthotic insoles provide many health benefits. Then I shall list. There's a s- five ticked boxes. None of these boxes remain unticked. Just to give you a, an idea. Of well, how what's good this a, is. Wh- what's amazing is that it combines two bits of woo: insoles, mm-hmm. orthotics, and copper so i'm looking forward to this it eliminates pain in feet ankles legs and knees mm-hmm. boomsy daisy tra la 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 thank you uh optimum copper absorption throughout the body providing drug-free relief but too much copper is uh, toxic so how does it know not to be toxic optimum okay it knows takes the pressure off knee joints and reduces strains on the body by putting a putting a lump of putting a lump of I'm just trying to think of the mechanics of this putting a lump of copper under your foot Nick it's not about mechanics it's about belief okay improves posture and reduces headaches oh you were, I suppose yes well the one can lead to the other so that's fair enough and then if you're worried that they'd miss some anything out at all there boosts overall health and quality of life overall okay <laughs> now there's another tick list down the left side believe me this pamphlet is a whole episode it's so big. Uh, mm-hmm. Down the left side, uh, another tick list of ticks. And again, not a single box is unticked. Mm-hmm. I can imagine on the rival uh, copper healers, some mm-hmm. of these boxes are probably, you know, just desperately wanting. Mm-hmm. Aching feet, swollen legs, back and neck problems, shoulder problems, wrinkles. How does that do it? Shh. Sagging skin, mm-hmm. <laughs> poor circulation, sexual mm-hmm. dysfunction. Oh, a bit of copper puts uh, l- copper in your pencil. <laughs> Postural problems, poor okay. digestive function, and cardiovascular activity. The one thing that they know they're not allowed to say is cancer, because that would be against the law. 96% reported a r- rapid improvement in symptoms. And 96% of whom? The, the people. The people who reported it. Which is the re- where's the re- what's the reference for that? It's, it's a, a blue circle. Okay. <laughs> Copper healer, as worn by Kathleen Turner, Cleo Lane, and Maureen Lippman. I love those three names. Say them and again. all three pictures are about 30 to 40 years old. It's a picture of Kathleen Turner before she looked like the weather had taken on human form. <laughs> right. And then Maureen Lipman. 
Maureen Lippin looking, uh, well, Maureen Lippin, I would say, you know, a kind of moderately, about 20 years ago. Okay. And, uh, and Cleo Lane, is she even still alive? I'd have no idea. Actually, Probably, presumably with copper healers. Hold on. I thought that she had Cleo Lane. That's L-A-I-N-E. I know Dane Cleo Lane. Yes. <laughs> Born in 1927, still alive. So Goodness go. me. Well, okay, take it back. Copper Healers, registered trademark. 88, over, and she's still singing and dancing, John. Over 200,000 satisfied customers. Right. They have a 90-day money-back guarantee. Mm-hmm. I love this. We are so proud of our remarkable breakthrough and delighted that they have changed the lives of thousands of people. Now you too can enjoy the benefits. At last, it's out of beta. <laughs> the hunt, the two hundred thousand beta customers are, are, are satisfied, and so now the rest of us can have a go. Oh my goodness! Um, yes. As you're talking of this, I I, I searched Cleo Lane and Copper, mm-hmm. and and I look on the uh, the Daily Express site from 2012 says, "Could Copper be the answer to arthritis?" and talks about Cleo Lane, Maureen Lipman, <laughs> <laughs> with the same non-reference. It's almost like. Daily Express took some sort of um, press, press release. release and just published this as an article. 90-day risk-free trial, gift, free gift with every order, and then underneath that, in quotes, copper insoles cured severe arthritis. Doctors had to cancel hip replacement operation. <laughs> so they've Poor just doctors. outright stated it cured arthritis. Oh, that's uh, very, very clever. Let's see what Dr. John Coltart says, most of us know about the benefits of iron in medicine, but although <laughs> copper, although copper has been around... Oh, you're around, spoiling it. That's in my pamphlet. <laughs> although copper has been around since time began, we have never really appreciated it properly until now. Because, <laughs> of course, the Bronze Age didn't happen. <laughs> okay, this is a remarkable breakthrough. The healing benefits of copper. We want some facts, I presume, at this point, because yes, so far please. it's been a little woolly. Yes. We all need to absorb a certain amount of copper in order to survive. Mm-hmm. It's an essential nutrient for well-being, and it's not manufactured in the body. As it, sorry, I apologise. As it's not manufactured in the body, it is necessary. What you mean? Our body doesn't have a copper mine. It doesn't apparently. It's no, necessary. no, not, so not not a copper mine. Uh, a neutron basher, which converts <laughs> other atoms into copper. There was a massive big bang inside my body that produced most of the elements. <laughs> yes, well, um, so but it didn't produce any copper, so fair play. Uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, it's necessary for us to ensure that we get a regular intake. This is critical in the fight against arthritis to eliminate the condition completely. A total remineralization of the bones, damaged cartilage, and joints is required! Exclamation mark. However, experts at Arthritis Research UK said there was no scientific or medical evidence to support the use of copper insoles in the treatment of arthritis, but added some patients reported feeling the benefits of them. <laughs> is that true? Yes, that's the end of this article. <laughs> the Oops. original copper healer insoles registered trademark enables absorption of the copper to be efficiently distributed throughout the body and immediately targeting aching joints. When Very copper clever. comes into contact with the skin, it forms chemical compounds called chelates, which play a pivotal role in oxygen transportation. The 250,000 sweat glands on the soles of the feet provide the perfect and ideal environment for optimum copper absorption into the body. Do you know what's quite funny? Half the time these sorts of people complain that the pores in your body let in um, heavy metal toxins and you have to then go on a detox diet to um, sweat them out again. And the other time they're saying, please try your best to take in heavy metals through your pores. Laura was commenting on uh, copper nanoparticles and how dangerous they probably are. Yeah, of course they will be. 
Um, so how they work. They're 250,000 sweat gowns. We've said that bit already. Drug-free, mm. contour design, ultra-thin, super comfortable. How to wear them. The insoles are very lightweight and incredibly comfortable. Simply affix them into your shoes and away you go. They can Weird. be worn with socks or stockings. They, they simply act as a conduct for connection between the sole and the copper insoles. Conduct. Their short-length design means you don't see them in open-toed or open-back shoes. They can be worn with any shoe type. We highly recommend that you wear them every day to gain maximum benefits. My copper soles healed arthritis pain, says Gran. Yes, I've got that here too. It's like a little newspaper story. And above it, it says national press coverage, but doesn't say where. (laughs) Um, What the experts say. I was approached by Orthotics Online to carry out some trials using the Copper Healer Registered Trademark, parentheses, Copper Orthotic, close parentheses, on several of my patients. Knowing it to be a drug-free product and having heard over the years about the pain-relieving qualities of copper, I had no hesitation in agreeing to do this. To my amazement, after two to three weeks, the reports were astonishing. Unbelievable results. Pain relief, feeling years younger, climbing upstairs, no longer a problem, walking, becoming a joy again and playing with grandchildren and having fun. Well, to be fair, I've I've gone to their website, the original copper healer dot com, H-E-E-L-E-R. And you you can go and say um, what the experts say. And you do have an amazing uh, report from an expert. He's a chiropodist. An expert chiropodist. Yes. uh, who is a instrumented uh, CHM? Is that actually. Charles Goodman, perchance? Goldman. Oh, Goldman, sh- indeed. He sh- should have been Charles Copperman, surely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. That was. I was, I was just quoting Charles M. Instrumented. <laughs> yeah, but not Durr. I notice not Durr. No. Charles Goldman. No, of course not. <laughs> you have to have a lot of um, letters after your name to um, uh, distract from the fact you don't have two. <laughs> yes. At the beginning. Ms. B.J. Andrews of London, yeah. B.S.C. Ons Ostmed Dunud. She's an osteopath, yes. She <laughs> says, uh, they, uh, I recommend your copper healers registered trademark to many of my patients. They have all been overjoyed with the results, noticing a vast improvement in both their arthritis and general joint pain. My father now wears a pair and he wishes he had known about them years ago. There, on the website, there is a picture of a body and you can see the skeleton through the body with big flashing circles around the various joints of the body with ticks uh, with, with the following list, each of which has a red tick. Neck, tick. Shoulders, tick. Elbows, tick. Wrists, tick. Hands, etc. Like, that's like in the document. The problem is they, they haven't filtered the uh, text in the document to get rid of those weird Unicode characters. So, for example, <laughs> in... Uh, in in Charles Goldman Chiropodist, it says, as far as AI, I acute mm, concerned. And then at the bottom, it goes, um, the, the original copper healer and then a ligature AE, which is meant to be a trademark, but they didn't get the right character. So I'm always <laughs> impressed with attention of attention to detail of such sites. Oh, I lost goodness. 20 stone thanks to a pair of insoles. See, it's just <laughs> taken a bit of a left turn. We've gone from arthritis. How does that happen then? A 31-year-old man, this is, by the way, some national press coverage. A 31-year-old man has told how he managed to drop an astonishing 20 stone in 18 months thanks to a new pair of insoles. Thanks to, calls by, yes. David Samirio uh, has made an incredible journey, going from a 33-stone sedentary man with a fast-food addiction to a svelte and avid walker. Free of the Mm -hmm. aches and pains that used to plague him, he now walks everywhere he can. 
Hmm. Um, David, 31 from London, has lost 20 stone 18 months after he bought a pair of copper soles in November 2012. That took away his joint pain and made it possible for him to exercise again. The hmm. retail manager from West London is still from London, in case there's any doubt. Yeah. But more specifically now, West London. Credits cool. a pair of copper insoles used to three- treat arthritis for getting him off his feet. Hmm. Mr. Samiro began to pile mm-hmm. on the pounds in his late 20s. As, as his weight crept up, he began to experience arthritis-like symptoms. Ta-da! Not arthritis. Mm. Now, you may notice there's a similar story with a mother of three, Helen Basin. This is from some national press coverage. Mm-hmm. It's called Arthritis, My Miracle Cure. Mother of three, Helen Basson, feared she would never walk again when she was diagnosed with crippling arthritis. Mm. Her condition was so debilitating, she was unable to lift her baby out of his cot or even get out of the bath unaided. Mm-hmm. I think that's the even is the wrong way around there. I would have thought getting out of the bath is a lot harder than picking something up. <laughs> yes. But thanks to a pair of copper insoles, the plucky garden designer is now in training for a half marathon. Well, there you go. Helen39 credits her incredible recovery in her health thanks to Copper Healer's registered trademark and says her improvement has left doctors astounded. She thought she would end up in a wheelchair when she was diagnosed with arthritis in every joint of her body. <laughs> The power of post hoc ergo propter hoc is amazing. It's interesting um, when you scroll down on their site, they say, uh, although you could fit the monthly dietary allowance of copper onto a pinhead, it is essential to a healthy life. Okay, that suggests to me that, you know, strapping bits of copper to your footsies on probably not going to be that important. It's just everything about this is so brilliant. Well, it's, um, it's clever. What it's doing is... Yeah, your body needs does need copper along with iron and zinc and magnesium and a number of other metals and of course sodium and potassium. But you kind of fetishize one pretty metal and pretend it's magic. Well, yes. Uh, what what can we do? What 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 can we do next to make money? Um, I'm <laughs> going to say the the, the cobalt cure. Mm. The body needs cobalt. I, I imagine the body does not need cobalt at all. And it's poison. Let's see, cobalt. Uh, metabolism let's see if we can cobalt metabolism and toxicology that doesn't matter we'll just take a tiny <laughs> bit and, and we'll tell it that it's a um, we'll say that it's um, you know uh, homeopathic exactly that'll work that's fine <laughs> so that's good so um, what I what really stood out to me about this mm-hmm. is the the panacea approach they've taken isn't that the usual approach? Well, I haven't seen it quite so broad before. I've seen it, you know, this will cure X. But they're claiming they to cure everything. And it reminded me, I've got a, an old uh, Jonathan Swift book that was published in around 1900. And around that time, they wonderfully put adverts in the back and uh, beginning and end of, of the books. Like raw paper shotgun. Exactly. Um, mm. And one of the adverts is for Beecham's powders. Oh, yeah, you've mentioned yes. this before. And it was all it, known ailments. Exactly. But that's pretty much what they're saying here. They're essentially doing a, a, a turn of the last century. Yes, except they're not mentioning cancer, cancer because they're not allowed to. Why is cancer specifically not allowed? There's The Cancer Act of 1936 or something says oh, that right. it's a criminal offence to claim that you can cure cancer. But cardiovascular activity or heart disease, which that's, is equally deadly, is... That's is not in... It doesn't have game. to have a... Yeah, it doesn't have an act. Wow. But uh, so this is this made me laugh because of all the silly claims in it, and and I love yeah. my favourite line in the whole thing is uh, when she was diagnosed with arthritis in every joint of her body. Um, <laughs> yes, but uh, it makes this is sent out in a puzzle magazine that's presumably I'm I'm not exactly the core demographic. No, you're not. 
for uh, that subscription, and it's presumably going out with all their puzzly uh, pamphlets, magazines. Of course. So people are going to f- believe this is true because it says yes, it well, is. they'll give it a try. But, I mean, the worst that'll happen is that they'll put some lump of metal in their shoe and have a placebo effect, so it doesn't really Well, no, matter, that's not it? the worst. The worst is that they won't get the treatment they need, and that's what worries me about it. I'm sure they're... No, I, I'm never worried about that because most people will try all sorts of treatments, so I'm not worried. I, people often say that, but I don't believe that usually happens. Well, uh, the usually... other problem is they would have spent thirty nine ninety five on something completely mm. pointless. Well, it's quite pretty, a bit of copper. You get three pairs for eighty nine mm-hmm. eighty five. Why, why do you need three? Because <laughs> you've got six feet. <laughs> six feet? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, well, maybe for your hubby and your other hubby. But, okay, I need to carry on telling you about Helen because this gets better and better. Okay. Um, so she was diagnosed with, with, uh, with uh, arthritis in every joint of her body following the birth of her third child. But within three months of wearing the insole, she began to walk freely. Now she is planning to take part in a half marathon in the south of France in February. Helen said, I couldn't do anything. I had to be helped off the toilet and getting in and out of the bath was difficult. It was terrifying. I was a young woman and I feared I would end up in a wheelchair. <laughs> the worst thing that can happen to a human. Exactly, you kill yourself when that happens. The healing power of copper was first pioneered by the ancient Greeks. Uh, yeah, the, ancient Greeks pi- the, the ancient Greeks pioneered quite a lot that we don't really yes. celebrate. It's an essential mineral in the body and is known to help keep blood vessels, the immune system and bones healthy. That's 100% true. Helen, originally from Ten- Tenmouth, Devon, who now lives near Nice, first began noticing pain six months after having her son. Is this something you're taught in um, journalism school where you have to refer to where they came from and where they're living now? Apparently. Otherwise, people won't believe you. Is it like um, the uh, specificity is a soul of narrative thing? Well, I think it implies more truth, doesn't it? The more detail you provide. As I said, yes. First began blah, blah, blah. Theo was born in 2006. It wasn't long before the discomfort spread from her left arm to her wrists, so her knees, wrists, hips, elbows and ankles. Then her mother-in-law recommended Copper Healer's registered trademark, which had eased similar pain for her. Mm. Get ready for the big line. Mm-hmm. Helen, who also cut out alcohol, caffeine, dairy products and gluten, noticed the difference within three months. <laughs> <laughs> gluten which is which is known to cause joint inflammation well, if you have a sensitivity the, as is as is uh yeah but this is the thing they they didn't need to put that paragraph in no which is kind of quite cute of them that they did it's, it's a pamphlet of just a pure lies and then for some mm. reason they confess that there's nothing scientific about this claim whatsoever helen who also uh, cut out a bunch of other things that were far y- yes, more likely uh, to be relevant yeah he- helen helen who did a number of covariant things as you say many of which actually have evidence for causing or um reducing arthritic symptoms unbelievable that was silly. They should have just put a dot, dot, dot. I don't understand why that was. That's my favourite bit. That's what I was building yeah. up to. I haven't read no, the whole is... of the, the 30 stone man column. I don't imagine it's very good. No, but that's extraordinary why they bothered to do that, because mm. that's just silly. Somebody needed to prove this for them. The apparent healing powers of copper were first pioneered by the ancient Greeks, who used copper bracelets to ease aches and pains. Well, yes, it boasts on the site that there's far more skin contact then a copper bracelet which is why shoes are better because you're standing on them the insoles claim to contain 14 times more copper than bracelets it says here well they claim to the insoles <laughs> they claim, claim to they're, they're being spurious about their own 
<laughs> pamphlet. Or maybe they say, you know, we don't know, we've asked our insoles, and no, I've got forty percent more. Yeah. So stop it. Have this stopped. Okay, it's no longer happening. I don't mind any of these things. It's a bit like when we interviewed Dr. Uh, ben Goldacre about it. I don't mind people making any claims whatsoever, as long as they put on the top of the claims, this is all BS with no evidence whatsoever in big red writing. But they've forgotten to do that. Yeah. There's no small print, there's no disclaimer anywhere on this. No, no, that needs to be big print. Right in the front of the, what you read in here is completely confounded. There is no substantive evidence at all. Read with these warnings in mind dot read, dot dot read trick or treatment by Simon Singh the end yes that would be good <laughs> we get everyone you have to read trick or treatment before you're allowed a, a prescription yeah or a subscription to the puzzler magazine That's sorry right. beyond beyond um, Sudoku I've never done a Sudoku I'm very proud it's a silly thing to be proud of really isn't it I'm very well is it sillier to be proud of never having done a Sudoku or of being British <laughs> Well, at least Choose. you've done. At least you've done one of them. You you can't even be proud of, to be British. I can. You're part of a dirty immigrant scum. It uh, it's true. You you care about all those extra immigrants that have come into our country. Well, as I said on on the the twitters and tweets, mm-hmm. three hundred thousand more immigrants. Why is that bad? But there's three hundred thousand. Why is it bad? Migrants. I'll tell you why it's bad. Yeah. The houses and the GPs and the schools. Oh, the houses and the GPs and the schools. That yes. they're going to be? That they're going, going to be to f- the GPs and the schools? No, no they're going to infest. In- uh, infect. Yes, and then there won't be any spaces left for real British people. That's <laughs> for, for real people. Let's just not beat we're around bursting, We're bursting at the seams. <laughs> Oh, it's so... It's like the, 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 every front page of, of the right-wing press this morning is 300,000! But none but of them same, saying that, is bad because... That same right-wing press believes in Adam Smith-type um, democ- uh, sorry, uh, uh, economics where the more people you have, the more um, network opportunities there are to build the economy, and therefore that's a good thing. You know, the normal free mm-hmm. trader says... Uh, unless, of course, they believe that every single one of these 300,000 people is going to be a net drain on the economy, which, of course, all the data says they won't be because most of these people who can be asked to move aren't coming to be on the dole. They're coming to do some work. And they're and coming then, to of do course, the crappy jobs that British people are, well, for some reason, not willing to do. But even if they – and then they do those jobs. They have money to spend. Let's assume that mm-hmm. all these people um, are getting paid cash in hand and they don't pay their taxes. Let's take the worst-case scenario. Mm-hmm. Even then – um, suddenly you have another 20, let's, let's, let's say these are distributed amongst and suddenly your community has another 5,000 people in it. There are suddenly 5,000 additional people who are buying bread and milk in the corner shop. Oh, but what if they're buying it in the Polish shop, Nick? That's true. <laughs> but, but then again, the Polish, the Polish shop itself is getting British milk. No, no, no. The Polish shop, they're essentially like in an embassy. An embassy. <laughs> All Polish shops are, are actually Polish soil. Okay, but you can't get away with this one. <laughs> to whom are the, who, to whom is the Polish shop paying rent? Uh, Poland. It's Polish embassy. <laughs> right. Soil. They're paying it to Poland itself. Actually, it would be amazing to try to construct a narrative where <laughs> yes. the, the um, immigrants somehow were unable or, or, or specifically chose to build this hermetically sealed cycle where they weren't contributing to the local economy whatsoever. 
<laughs> an interesting mind. It would be very tough to do, but I suppose you could do it as a mind game. But for 300,000 of them, that would be a bit, bit difficult. Because, you know, even using trains or, um, you know, uh, just using electricity or... But that the immigrants don't use trains. They use those push-up-and-down things on the tracks. Oh, yes. Illegally. Yes. It's true. Or, of course, they use their, their gypsy caravans. That's right. Yeah. Those Romany poles. We are bursting at the seams, though. Oh, I know. I can barely move for humans. The only solution is to build over all of the uh, green belt. That's the other thing they say. It's quite funny, the right wings there. So they say, we don't want any of these immigrants. And then they say, destroy all of Brit- all, all, all of uh, the green belt. Because, of course, there's no other place in the UK you could build anything anywhere. When you pass these stories, do you pass them as a Brit or as an immigrant? How, do you, how does your brain approach it? Neither. I pass them as a logician. Right. But uh, I, I, as psychologically, who, to whom do I identify? Um, something of a chimera, I yeah. think. I, I sort of... Uh, and I, I do... I mean, clearly... I assume most of the time I'm the sort of immigrant they would want. We're really saying they don't want um, uh, white trash Eastern European working class or browns. Yes, whereas you managed to be, uh, well, yeah. I don't know. You, you I don't tick, know. You tick some boxes, but then you do. I, yeah, I do. Exactly. Yeah. I tick certain uh, very undesirable boxes. So, yeah. Mr. Corbyn it's... doesn't really want you, does he? No, no. It's clear that, that he doesn't. It's... I mean, somebody was, there was another article which says Britain will have, by 2030, Britain will have 4 million more people in it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, huh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And even if you put all those 4 million people in London, that would still just about equal what London's population was at the height of the 19th century. <laughs> people forget that London's population dropped dramatically. I did not know that. And yeah, it still isn't up to uh, where it was. Yeah, it's interesting when you actually start looking at facts. Um, are you prepared to take a punt now on what's going to happen in the referendum? No, no, I'm not. Not at all. Although I heard an interesting argument from uh, my chum Stu. I'm prepared to take a punt, but I'll hear Stu's argument first. He thinks that England, uh, uh, Northern Ireland, and Wales will vote out, mm-hmm. but Scotland will vote in. To such mm-hmm. a degree, apparently polling is currently 70%, that it'll keep mm-hmm. the entire nation in. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be the funniest thing that's ever happened. Well, Stu at that point should say thank heavens that his previous referendum <laughs> went against him. Well, the other you know, the other perspective he could have is he would, you know, it would be advantageous for there to be an out, an exit vote. Yeah, of course, because Salmon was salivating re- at that. Referendum. Yeah. So, um, you know... Salmond was on on radio today getting a, a, a semi about that. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting... Is, okay, well, here's what I think will happen. Um, people are overstating the uh, remain versus exit gap at the moment. They're trying to say, oh, yes, that the rain happened. And so some people are saying ridiculous things like 60, 40, or whatever. I think it'll be much closer. I think it'll mm. be something like 48... 52 at most kind of thing i think that'll be the the extreme of it that's what i predict but it will be remain but that will be sufficiently small margin 
for there to be sore losership as there was in the Scottish referendum and people like Farage are already threatening that they're going to yeah. be pushing. Also, most of the conservative, well, the, the nutcases in the Conservative Party, which is about 60% of them now, are effectively saying that they are, go- whatever happens, they are going to force Cameron out because he's behaved disgracefully. <laughs> which is really interesting, isn't it? Effectively, um, he's behaved disgracefully by arguing for Remain. And, and somebody pointed out another amusing thing where there was a, a photograph of, um, at some Euro demo thing, there was a photograph of Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn. And they said, here's one man who, uh, who wants in pretending he wants out speaking to another man who <laughs> wants out pretending he wants in. Yes. <laughs> it's quite amusing. But, but you know. He's barely pretending, is he? It's just. He's not, he can't know. Embarrassing silence on the subject. It's like pretending he doesn't have a Jew problem. You know, he can't really do it. He can't act. To be fair, I mean, it shows a certain honesty. He can't help but show his true distaste about uh, the European Union and the Jews. Mm-hmm. Which is which is is interesting because he yeah he's not been effective at all. But it's fascinating that um, there are two things that Cameron has done which have made him unpopular with his party first less so now because it's gone but his support of gay marriage which if you remember was a very big deal and now his support of remaining in the european union who would have thought that we had to rely on a um on a conservative prime minister to push through both of those things and have his party be more angry about him than uh any uh other party or or it's it's, it's quite I thought yeah. we were in quite a unique situation in that we have um, Conservative Party once again split down the middle on Europe, just as they were in um, the post-Major Day years. It's worse, though, no, because in Major years, I think there was only one cabinet minister who said that he wanted to leave um, the EU and was called a, a, a nutcase. Now, half the party explicitly want to leave the EU. It's not just about extending rights or or or... or treaty changes or anything like that mm-hmm. uh, no but, we, the, but the point it, is that the, the it's party, got in other words i think the party has gone significantly madder than it was then. and it was tearing us at the time it was tearing itself apart and was forecast to not even be able to survive this now they're in the same situation of being tearing them tearing themselves apart with seemingly a majority of the party against its own leader on this subject and his own cabinet members briefing against him mm-hmm. and 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 what's happened? So and so, of course, Labour step in to be the no, just silence, utter silence. So last time the Conservatives were in this situation, they became a lame duck party. Yeah. This time they've still got all the authority and power, and yet yet are doing this. They're fighting the EU referendum between themselves, fighting both sides themselves, while Labour is just nothing. It's this vacuous nothingness. Yeah. It's such a peculiar situation to have a, a party that should by rights be destroying itself. The opposition is so pathetic that there's nothing, nothing happening. No, that's because cool. also... There's your Corbyn, there you go, but, you but young of course, enthusiastic but, voters, that's what you yeah, do but, yourself. But also because the head of the opposition secretly, well not so secretly, aligns himself with the Tory nutcases. Mm-hmm. That's really where it's even worse than where we've got ourselves. It's not that he's just being ineffective. It's that he's, he'd, he'd actively stand with them if he could get away with it. Oh, it's just a mess. I don't, that, I ha- that's why I did, I'm not as optimistic as you about the result. To that, the fact that 
that seems to be a majority of loud voices in public are in favour of leaving. The vast majority of the press is in favour of leaving. And on top of that, it's one of those votes where doing nothing... You, 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 <coughs> to make it change, if you want change, you have to get up and vote. If you want things to stay the same, people tend to sit on their bottoms. Horrible old people also go out to vote. Exactly. And so I've got, motivating yeah. people to get up to vote. So I, you've got to get up, you've got to register, you've got to go to your voting booth and you've got to tick a box that says don't change anything. That's a lot more hard work than getting people mm. just angry and getting them to go and vote to, to change something. I mentioned this on Twitter, but last weekend on Saturday, I attended a French market in Millville. What's, and what's interesting about this French market is, if you look at the posters, it, it, it's free uh, and easy market travel within the EU that allows it to, to travel. It so it travels around to lots of other countries and effectively they you know, they go in different places in London and the UK and they go to other countries and they export lots of French produce and effectively a whole French market just comes to your high street, Lovely. which is what happened, which was nice. And we got the cheese and so on. For some reason, the local neighborhood association had, had allowed a stall in the middle of this French market where a bunch of mad Brexit people, <laughs> they were running their Brexit stall and giving out lots of pamphlets telling you why you need to Brexit. Uh, and of course, these pamphlets suddenly on the front of, uh, have huge logo of the NHS saying, save our NHS, exit. Um, and so this is the first time these people who want to destroy the NHS are suddenly you pretending that mm-hmm. they're its champion, of course. So anyway, there was there were uh, several people at the stand. Um, there was a middle-aged gentleman, kind of a skeletal sort of chap, uh, very intense and uh, angry. There was a smaller middle-aged lady who uh, was quite quiet. And there was a mad old woman who had dyed her hair purple and looked like a, and had makeup on like a clown and was wearing the uh, UKIP badge. So, uh, so I, I, uh, I, I, as I was walking past, I thought, I'm not going to get involved. As I was walking past, I heard he was going on about the bureaucracy in Brussels <laughs> and, and how we want our, we want our sovereignty back. So I said, um, and this is exactly what I said. I said, I can understand your desire for sovereignty, but isn't fetishizing the sovereignty of parliament a bit of a dead end because it still represents a collection of elites Surely you would be better to argue for democracy, whether it is at a local, uh, national or European level. Right. To which point he said, I've had it with you lefties. <laughs> if, we, if, you, if we had your, the, the people are ridiculous. If we had your way, uh, we'd have, I said, what would we have? What are you, what, what, what are you, what are you talking about? Where we are a, um, parliamentary m- uh, monarchy. In other words, yeah. The sovereignty rests in the monarch and then parliament represents her will. And of course, there is there is now democracy to vote for that parliament. But you're fetishizing, not that uh, you say you're not asking for a republic, because that's actually if you want to fetishize um, that the people uh, um, own sovereignty, that's what you'd be arguing for. Says, oh, thank heavens, I'm not arguing for a republic. Can you imagine if we were a republic? We'd have President Tony Blair. <laughs> So I said, yes, we'd have President Tony Blair if people voted for President Tony Blair. He says, yeah, and they probably would because they're so stupid. You can't trust them. Thank heavens we've got the Queen. Uh, she's such a, a level-headed shoulder. She gives us such duty. I said, hold on. So <laughs> you saying you don't approve of democracy then? You, 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 the people are too stupid. Um, so do you, are you arguing for a, an absolute monarchy or fascism? Which, which, which is your choice then? 
Um, and he says, oh, yeah, of course you'd say that. I said, no, you've just said <laughs> that you don't trust the people uh, uh, because you wouldn't accept their vote for Tony Blair. I wouldn't accept their vote. They voted for him three times. <laughs> I said, OK, so you're again saying you don't accept democracy. So for whom is this sovereignty that you're arguing? Are you arguing that you want the Queen to have full control over this island herself? And then he started. And then at this point, actual flecks of spittle started appearing in the corner of his mouth and started flying out. It was quite extraordinary to actually watch this happen and not be in a cartoon. <laughs> and and then he backed away and the, uh, and clearly his lady companion was realised he was going a bit far and was trying to sort of moderate. So, no, 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 let's, let's talk about this more. And then he said, oh, just don't speak to him. Don't speak to him. He's only causing trouble. And tried to sort of push him away. And I said, uh, and then, and then I said, can instead of instead of all this invective, can you actually give me some cogent arguments for your case? Because this is not convincing. Um, you, so you say, oh, you, you, we're being strangled by the bureaucrats in Brussels. <laughs> I said, can you can you give me a specific example? You don't need examples. We're just being strangled. Business is being strangled. Uh, and and what's more, the there's this uh, human rights gravy train. <laughs> so I said, so I said, I said phrases like being strangled by, uh, I was trying to be quite honest, I said phrases like being strangled by the bureaucrats in Brussels and saying something like human rights gravy train. Those are tired tropes. You need to give cogent and specific examples if you want to convince people that your argument uh, has any basis in fact. And, uh, and <laughs> I said, can you, can you just at least tell me one human right you'd like to abolish? And he says, oh, you and your liberal, liberals going on about it. You're strangling the country. Uh, and then uh, Ju Ju I was going to say, at Judy, which point was Judy pulling in your arm? She was standing next to me at the moment. He says, go away from the nasty man. <laughs> I said, no, no, don't worry. And then, then, then Victoria will pass and took her to go and get some, uh, to go and get some cheese or something. I remained there. And then the woman, and then he just flicked his hand and wouldn't talk to me anymore. Mm. And the lady next to him said, look, you, do you realize what's going on? We, and then she started effectively going on about how there are these many elites putting through the Trans-Pacific Partnership and all that. Yeah, I agree with that. But you then swerve off the rails when you think that merely divorcing ourselves from the EU will suddenly bring about this nirvana. Then he started shouting at her and saying that she shouldn't be speaking to me anymore. <laughs> and I said, I said, look, um, I think you need to, uh, I think you need to regain your sovereignty from the Brexit union because, uh, he's pulling you down and it's not really working. And she kind of just shrugged and clearly she was very embarrassed. But what was, what was, what was extraordinary was they really didn't have any cogent arguments. Mm. Um, they had their stuff about the NHS and so on on their pamphlets, but they weren't even interested in that. They were just interested in barking these tropes. I had, and of course argument, this... I had the same argument with someone on Twitter yesterday about Corbyn. Someone saying, mm. "What every because like, someone had, someone had genuinely said to me, um, can you show me some of the can you give me some uh, some information about stuff that Corbyn to back up your claims about Corbyn?" So I did. And someone else mm -hmm. leaps in who's got Corbyn for PM as his Twitter picture. Mm. Um, leapt in and started saying, "Oh, it's a bunch of it's a smear against him, and it's all lies." You can't just say smear. You can't just use the word that's smear. Said, that's exactly. So I said to him, "Can you tell me anything in this article which isn't true?" And he came back and said, I don't need to give you examples. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you, no, actually you, you do. really, really do need to give examples. It's a bunch of smiths. Like, and he couldn't. And, and each time I said, look, can you just give me one single example that demonstrates that something here is factually inaccurate? Oh, and then he starts saying, I'm not saying it's factually inaccurate. I'm saying it's smears. Um, and yeah. 
Okay, yeah. So when you report exactly yes. what Corbyn has said and done, that's a smear. That's well, a smear. that doesn't reflect very well on Corbyn. I'm, re- I'm going to report exactly what this man has said <laughs> and done. That's a smear. But that's this okay. Is the, you realise what you've just said, don't you? This is the. This, but it's the same mindset. It's John. This, this John, do you know who else? Over fact. John, do you know who else was was smeared? If we take that definition definition of smear, was it that nice? Mis- so, that nice adult, Sir Jimmy Savile. Oh, no, okay. and Sir Jimmy Savile. Was it? There's a massive. Yeah. There's this massive smear campaign against Sir Jimmy Savile when he died. Don't you think so? I agree entirely. Yeah. They sure and, reported and it, the facts on what he did, did and said. Yes, which which weren't nice and therefore yes, is a smear. It's a smear. It's absolutely. So before we go, I have to. You just reminded me. It's not as good a story at all as yours, unfortunately. But uh, I was in Marks and Spencers trying to buy Toby a new raincoat. Say Marks and Sparks. <laughs> M and S. Spark. Have you got your Sparks, Marks card? And Sparks. Uh, so yeah. I was trying to buy him a new raincoat, and I went. Well, in. that's stupid. You should have gone to a charity shop. I bought Jessica a raincoat from a charity I- shop. Regularly and going I, to charity shops to buy clothes for Toby. Haven't seen a good, ra- haven't seen a raincoat. Uh, I got an amazing Hello Kitty raincoat with apples on it for Jessica. And the thing is, her her mummy and daddy said, "No, Jessica, you can't have it." She had a tantrum. She then left the shop having a tantrum. I was there and I bought it for her. You are a bad ran, uncle. And ra- I, I, can you do you know the number of uncle points I've got? Yeah, there? I know, but how many brother points did you lose? Apparently, apparently, um, she was they, they they went to see some friends the next day, and Jessica was still reporting this amazing <laughs> heroic feat, and she would and she refused to take off the raincoat in the sun. <laughs> oh, you must have been in so much trouble with your brother and his wife. It's the best, it's the best five pounds I've ever spent. <laughs> anyway, gosh, London charity shops. Um, I live on a street made of charity shops, and um, I live on a nearer street, and. Uh, but yes, never found one. So anyone anyway, in Marks and Spencer's looking for a raincoat and I'm in the baby toddler section and there is a rack, a row, a row of, of girls, really girly, girly, whirly raincoats. Mm-hmm. And I just want something neutral. And I mm-hmm. said to a lady, the one member of staff I could find in the entire floor, I said, excuse me, can you tell me where you have boys raincoats rather than making it more complicated than it needed to be? You're a bit uh, heteronormative, aren't well, you? Well, like I say, just trying to make less trouble uh, for myself so uh-huh. she said oh what do you mean like this and pointed to the one coat i'd managed to find which was a very thick heavy yellow coat and the smallest size they had was two plus and i said yeah but you don't have that in in the right size oh well if we don't have the size out here then we don't have it yeah I said, <laughs> yes i know that i'm asking you can you tell me where the raincoats are and she said oh well, it depends what you want i want i want a raincoat um, well, what sort of thing are you after? I, I want to ra- I want to look at where you've got a row of girls a raincoat for there. a toddler. Where's the row of boys raincoats? And she said, "Oh, we've got this one," and found another errant raincoat rack uh, uh, amongst completely irrelevant clothes um, that was awful. And again, a very heavy coat. And mm. I said, "So is this it? Do you only have these two coats in the whole shop?" Well, it depends what you're looking for. No, it doesn't. I'm asking you if you have raincoats. Um, mm-hmm. And he like raincoats. Well, um, yeah. Well, if you can't see them out here, then we don't have them. And I, I was like, okay, thank you. I was trying to. Like, you have no information. You are just a broken robot. So I need to leave you. But she wouldn't stop answering the question. She wouldn't. Did you stop say? Did you me. say that? Did you tell her that she was just a broken robot? I did not. I said, okay, thank you, thank you very much, thank you. And she said, um, no, because it depends if what you're looking for. And about and event, and I was holding Toby this entire time. And eventually, Toby just looks up for the first time, looks at her, and says, bye bye, and waves at her. <laughs> Uh, yes, thank you. Well done, Toby. And what did she do then? She, well, at that point, she had real, no real choice but to stop. Toby ended the conversation just when I needed it to stop. 
And she did end the conversation I at love, that point. I love but... that he picked up on the fact that I was done with this chat. So bye bye. <laughs> and and did and did they say goodbye? Uh, I can't. I don't really remember. She was. T- I don't imagine she would have remembered to say goodbye. That Maybe was she didn't very have the... frustrating. I just walked out of the shop at that point, even if they had more raincoats. Went to... Maybe they didn't have the programming to say goodbye. <laughs> it was so frustrating. Right, I need to go take the boy to Hold the on, doctor. I've... Hold a second, I've just sent you an email Ooh. with a picture of Jessica's raincoat. Look how light it is. I think that's the sort of raincoat you would have gotten for... Oh, that's lovely. However, it, it's got uh, pink apples on it. Well, and it's you got Hello Kitty on it as well. Which he loves. But of course, being a boy, he, you wouldn't allow him to have that. Well, you see, presumably you've seen the pictures I've posted of Toby pushing his bright pink uh, buggy with a baby in yes. around the park. Yeah, you, you keep doing that because you're so proud. No, because uh, the last time yeah, I did it, I'd strapped a, a Vortigon from Half-Life 2 <laughs> into it. Good. You have to agree that this raincoat, as you can see, is the best thing for is the best thing for um, collecting gravel with. You are. The other thing is you were right to buy that and uh, her parents were wrong to not let you. Exactly. I don't just do it um, willy-nilly. I mean, she, every time she goes into these charity shops, we, we have this ritual that um, we go for a run on Sunday, which ends on the high street where the charity shop is, and we have a coffee, and then the, we take all the kids into the charity shop, and if there's something nice in there, we get they get to choose it, like a little book or something. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she wants something ridiculous. She wanted this big green crocodile the other week, and, of course, <laughs> she didn't get it. But I thought, actually, yeah, this is a good good raincoat, and she's going to get it. And that was the end of it. <laughs> She looks very cute in that picture. It's uh, a good raincoat. Toby's raincoat is good. It's shorter, but it's got boats on it. And that's pretty cool. Well, of course, because he's a boy and therefore is allowed. <laughs> well, do you know what? I think Jessica would have been allowed boats as well. Possibly. I've bought Toby pink t-shirts and he has pink toys and blue toys and neutral toys. We've been quite, you know, broad in these things. And he's, his pink pram is absolutely one of his favourite toys. He runs around the house mm. pushing it more than anything else. Good. Well, take him to the doctor now, then. I shall. For his reassignment Tried surgery. <laughs> Try to work out why he's currently 35,000 degrees Celsius. Oh, uh, you need to unplug him for a while. Oh, okay, that's a good idea. Him. Maybe I'm running an app that's a little bit power hungry. <laughs> yes, you just need to... You, what you need to do is you need to hold, hold down on his, on, his, on his belly button and swipe away all the apps. <laughs> I'm going to go do that yeah. now. Okay. Bye-bye. Right,